Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Uh, and we've got uh, Mike Mayock saying bubble butt uh, three different times. This is the press box. Like when they're deciding to draft a player. Is that what they talk about? Well, like Gruden's like, oh, he's a yes. football player. And Mac's like, no, no, this guy's got a bubble yeah. butt. Or the best thing in the world for them would be have both. With Grady and Bischoff. Like, you're not only a football player, but you have a bubble butt and you don't play your groin. I mean, if you can get that trifecta, then you've got something. On ESPN Las Vegas. The bubble butt, who knows what position he played and, um, and don't pull your groin. If they could have that, they could. I mean, they could win the division if you have a bunch of those guys. Bunch of bubble butt football players. Yes, from Clemson. Gotta believe Bill Foley wants a lot of bubble butts out there in Henderson when that team starts. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Let's go with some baseball. The first bite. Are the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas? So I wanted to ask you this because, well... It's been 10 hours, so I'm sure the Henderson mayor has written a check. But, um, like, I got asked this yesterday, I think you probably got asked this by people yesterday when this report came out, and I just had, like, one question. Who's paying? Like, who's paying for this? Um, and I'm sure Henderson is first in line. But Global, Global Life Field is the last retractable roof stadium to open. It opened in 2020. It cost $1.1 billion. So, again— You've talked about it often about the 750, what they gave for the aviators. I might be completely wrong on this. Is someone giving more money? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I are the A's coming here with 1.1 billion dollars to build a stadium? So the interesting part about Henderson is that they did in 2018 talk to the Diamondbacks about building a ballpark out by where the Raiders practice facility is. And it was going to be a billion dollar ballpark. Now, I know you guys at the Review Journal reported on it. I don't think anybody knows how much public money the city of Henderson no. was actually talking about with the Diamondbacks. Right. Like, were they saying half? We'll pay for half. We'll pay for all of it. You'll pay for all of it. Like, we don't know what Henderson was actually putting up because they have um, yeah, probably foolishly spent quite a lot of money on an AHL team. They gave what was it, forty thousand dollars to help the AHL team Million. build what? Million. million, yeah. Sorry, not forty thousand. Forty million now, dollars. If they gave forty thousand, I'm reelecting <laughs> yeah, that Henderson mayor yeah, for like the. She's going to be a mayor longer than the Goodmans have been. Forty million dollars, <laughs> yes, to build an AHL arena, which is you, you know you're not doing anything for your city with an AHL arena. Well, you're getting indoor football, is what you're getting oh, with yeah, that with yes, that exactly. uh, arena. But this is a whole this is a whole different stratosphere of money because now you're talking 400 million dollars 500 if you million go dollars, if you're only right. going half yes if you're doing half so that's really the big question is how much would Henderson be willing to spend to get major league baseball here they've been willing to spend a lot to get AHL indoor yeah. football hell even they gave the Raiders a discount on the land where they put their practice facility so just practice NFL uh they've been willing to spend you know it's it's almost $50 million in total for those three things. So conceivably they would want major league baseball. I just don't know how much money Henderson has and don't know what they were talking to the diamondbacks about, but that would be, that would be it because there's, there's no way another hotel tax is getting passed. There's no way like Clark County is coming up with the money. I guess 
should we throw Carolyn Goodman in downtown Las Vegas? Well, in? you have I, to. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't appear the MLS is coming. She's going to throw herself in there, <laughs> yes. but I don't know where yes. that money comes from if they need four, five, six hundred million in public money. Maybe Seth Clarman is buying the A's because he owns the Reds, <laughs> that part of the Red Sox. Bring him. Well, let me ask you this because this is uh, when we went to, we should say Major League Baseball yesterday gave the A's at least permission to look elsewhere. And we'll talk about the stadium that's not getting done there. When I went to Phoenix and did that Arizona Diamondback story, like the key thing to me, other than who's paying for this, was, and let me ask you this because now that the, the NFL is here, although I think they're going to get a lot of fans from out of town, uh, the Knights are here, mostly an in town fan base. Like, how do you think? Vegas would support the. I think. Uh, how do you? Major League, so I always thought Vegas would support NBA right away, but Major League Baseball has kind of always been that unknown of. Would this town do? They still have the discretionary income to now support 162 every year. Yeah. Or, be, excuse me. Half of 162. It'd be. It'd be weird. It'd be weird for Major League Baseball. <laughs> I think they'd be okay. I don't think Major League Baseball would like flounder and have to move out in five years. But I. I, I don't think of of the major the four major sports they're the ones that would have the least success. Like if yeah. we ended up with all NBA. four major sports, Major League Baseball is the, the last of those four in terms of importance among the people that live here. And yeah, if, if the A's move here and, and they're in the playoffs or going to the World Series, people are going to care absolutely. But it's more about when your team's, you know, 15 games out in July, are people caring at all about your baseball team? And I don't think anybody here really would care too much about the A's coming in because part of the problem for the A's and really any team that, that moves here, the Raiders are probably going to deal with this too once they can have fans there, is people in the city already have a favorite baseball team. People in the city already had a favorite football team, right? A lot of people in the city didn't already have a favorite hockey team. So when the Golden Knights came and were good, people didn't have to break some allegiance that they had as a fan to some hockey team. I'm, you know, generalizing here, but there weren't a lot of strong relationships to whatever hockey team they cheered for before. There's a lot of fans of different baseball teams and different football teams here, and it's it's harder to break that. Now, the NFL's a show of itself. We have a two-hour TV show to introduce the schedule tonight, so right. it doesn't they're gonna be fine. But yeah, I think I think the baseball and specifically the A's coming here would struggle more than any other league. It's a it's a great point. We're a transient city. We have three people sitting in the studio. We all like different baseball and, and football teams. It's a small sample, but that's what it is. You go throughout this entire building. I don't know if you'd find one person that has the same allegiance that any of us do to our specific baseball and football teams. We just don't, and that's kind of a microcosm of the entire city. Uh, so it's a great point, and, and, and about the hockey, um, you know. I think they're going to find a place. The other part we aren't talking here, and I know Portland's not Vegas. I know some of these cities that they're not talking about are not Vegas, but a lot of these cities already have stadium plans in place. I mean, it would be a much easier transition for the A's to go to some of these places that already have stadium. Now, maybe they don't care because I think their lease at the decrepit Coliseums through 2024. Yes. Yes. So is it? A three-year, three-year. How how long did Allegiant take? Yeah, about three years, right? So it's a three-year build. Do you think for a ball, a retractable roof that that puts time on it with the retractable roof, yeah. which it has to be? Yeah, probably three or four years. To, okay, so to it's twenty twenty-one. So the timeline would work out. Um, but you'd have to start. You have to start pretty now. Quick. I mean, yeah, it'd have to be done quickly, and these things don't are, tend to get done quickly. Are there construction trucks right now on two fifteen headed towards Henderson? <laughs> like, what, that's a lot of wood. Debra <laughs> marches out there well, digging all, yeah, all by herself. Like, let's well, go. Yesterday, she tried to kick a field goal. I think at the uh, football conference, oh, boy. press conference. So now she's out there digging. I, I will say, and this is something that may cause other issues throughout the world. There's a national lumber shortage. Yes. 
Well, Jerry, if you we did, need a baseball stadium. We don't care about your lumber shortage. Okay, but I'm just saying if Henderson you're trying to build a pay ha- the bill. if you're trying to build a shed right now, the pro- cost is quadrupled. We have a lumber shortage, but they will find enough gas to get out there in their cars. Because <laughs> if they go now, I still think there's enough gas available for them to get the trucks all gassed up. So, I, look, I mean, I get it. They, and there's been time and time again in Oakland where they've kind of picked out different spots for this supposed new ballpark. And just like with the Raiders, people are swinging and missing up there. I, I, it's just a government up there that I'm not going to put it on the government because I think it's always both sides. But it doesn't appear in terms of the public money and, and, and what it takes to nowadays in 2021 to get these things built that they're all in. The A's have the, the Howard Terminal site is where the A's want to build, down by the water, build yeah. a stadium. And they have said that it's going to be like a multi-billion dollar project because they're going to they're going to build more than just a stadium down there. It's going to be mixed use development. So it's multi-billion dollars. And the A's have come out and said, well, we're we're going to privately fund all this. We're going to pay for the stadium and the mixed use development. So it sounds like, oh, you don't need public money. But they're also asking Oakland to pay like $830 million in uh, infrastructure costs mm-hmm. to upgrade the infrastructure mm-hmm. around that site. And that's what the city of Oakland is balking on. That's why the A's are doing this. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, anytime a sports franchise in the U.S. says, we need to consider moving. We need, to, we need a new ballpark. We need a new stadium. We need to consider moving. It's because they want something from their sure. home market. Absolutely. And that's what they want. They want the city of Oakland to give them 800 million dollars for the infrastructure costs so they can go ahead with this. But the city of Oakland, as we saw with the Raiders... Doesn't do that. No. They don't often do that. So yeah. I don't know how this plays out, but this is at this moment right now, this is absolutely just trying to use Vegas or Portland or whatever city is leveraged. That's sure. all this is at the moment. Now, six months from now, a year from now, yeah. maybe it's more serious, but right now it's, it's simply leverage. Let's be honest. And maybe it, there's more reality to this than others, but we're the flavor of the month. We yeah. just are. Oh, there's yeah. not a list that ever goes out on any of these things. Where Las Vegas isn't the first. So when Passon put the list or Passon put his report out yesterday or his tweet at least and said leader in the clubhouse Vegas, I saw that. I'm like, okay, but is that just him speculating? Did someone actually say, oh no, Vegas be the leader in clubhouse? I could see it both ways. It might just be him speculating. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that came from a source with either Major League Baseball or the Oakland A's, and those are the two that stand the most to gain from Las Vegas being used as leverage. Yeah. Like I like yeah. did he talk to Carolyn Goodman about downtown Las Vegas. Well, did he talk? talk to her? She said it's coming. Right. Did he talk to Deborah Martin? Like, did, did he talk to somebody in politics here that said, oh, yeah, we're, we're, oh, we want it. We're yeah, working yeah, on exactly. it. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe he did, but I, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's got to be a source from the either Oakland or from Major League Baseball. And again, those are the two, the two groups that stand to benefit if they sure. can get $800 million from Oakland in public money for this stadium. I'm trying to remember, but before the Marlins built their massive stadium mm-hmm. that no one goes to, didn't the mm-hmm. pres- didn't David Sampson get off a plane in a cowboy yep. hat here in Vegas yep. and shake hands with Vegas, everybody? And Vegas was, was in line before that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Immediately, they everyone went. All right, we'll build your stupid stadium yep. with an aquarium to terrorize fish. <laughs> there's a there's a website called Field of Schemes, which breaks yes. down public money that goes to stadiums. It's a, they, great, it's a great site. They the wrote cons, about yeah. this, and basically we're trying to point out this is all a leverage play. Yeah. Like, they just want people to start talking about the yeah. A's moving so Oakland feels pressure. And he even wrote in there, it might come to a point where the A's put their president or owner on a plane, send them to Vegas sure. to talk to Deborah Marsh and Carolyn yeah. Goodman just to put even more pressure on Oakland but they don't believe the A's are moving. And part of it is the the TV market size because 
in the Bay Area, you're no. in your top eight market. Yes, here, Vegas is top 40. I think we fell to 41, maybe. Like we dropped a spot, so I don't even know if we can say we're top 40 anymore. And that's the way baseball revenue sharing works. It's all on the local television deals. And you're going to make a lot less on a local TV deal in Vegas than you would in Oakland. If the A sends someone important here and we leave them at a, uh, the airport like Rick Pitino's wife, <laughs> we're never getting that damn team. It's never going to happen. If we put that guy on the sidewalk and like drive away, how do you think this will affect the aviators? Well, they'd have to move, right? I mean, I guess you wouldn't have to, but yes. there's only there are a few teams though that I wait. Are the Astros one that have the AAA team like in the same town or next to them? Uh, there's not a lot of them. They, it's usually like in a suburb that's like kind forty of far miles away. away. Someone told yeah. me that yesterday. We were talking about this yesterday. The paper for what we're going to write on and everything. And someone brought up the number. 20 to 40 miles. I don't know if that's like set in stone that you must be that far away. Yeah. But if it wasn't Henderson, we're having fun with Henderson, that would work, right? I mean, it's 20 mile. I mean, it would work. I don't, I don't know how it would affect the aviators. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume I, whatever the rule is for major league baseball, they can change their own rules if they sure. need to, but I, it would suck if you're the aviators and the, the major league teams playing in the same city as you, like you're not going to draw very much down there, but I would assume the best case for them would be to move to a different city. Like, Boy, can you can you imagine that with that new ballpark? Yeah, well, it'd be brutal. Yeah, it would be. But I would imagine that that would be best case because you, you're really going to play in the same city. Because like the Astros, as you mentioned, is Sugarland, which is a suburb of Houston. Of Houston. But the problem is with Las Vegas, we we don't have legitimate suburbs here. Like Henderson is technically a suburb, but it takes you 20 minutes to get from Henderson to Summerlin. Like we don't have real suburbs here. No, you other have one cities, or the two. Other cities like Houston have tons of suburbs. And so Sugarland, I don't know exactly how far it takes, but it's probably like an hour drive. Yeah. It's probably a legitimate far distance away. And if you live near Sugarland, you're not going to drive an hour into Houston to go watch no. baseball. You'll drive and watch a triple A right. team play. I was trying to figure out how far the Staten Island Yankees were from the Yankees. 35 miles. Yeah. It's like that. 40 miles stretch. I, I don't even know where the person came up with the number yesterday, but you start researching it and it's kind of that 40 miles stretch. I, I don't know if Major League Baseball thinks that's far enough to where, like Tyler said in Houston, you wouldn't get in your car uh, and drive. I guess I've just got to see the Astros. Yeah, you wouldn't drive that far to get to the Major League Park. I mean, the Aviators, I'm sure, would counter with it's far more affordable. But if it's a Major League team 20 miles away, it's a Major League team and, you know, Whoever, you know, uh, you know, the, the Yankees, the Dodgers, whoever's coming in, you're probably paying right. the extra to go down there. Right. And if Frisco or the Fresno Grizzlies aren't exactly drawing a crowd out to Las Vegas ballpark. All right. Coming up next, who wants the Kings to win more tonight? The Golden Knights or the Kings? We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. The Golden Knights, they play tonight, but that is not the most important game for the Golden Knights tonight because the LA Kings need to beat the Colorado Avalanche. Ed's LA Kings. At least one of the next two days. Golden Knights to win the division need to beat San Jose and have Colorado lose one of the next two to LA. If that happens, the Golden Knights will still win the division despite losing the biggest game of the season on Monday. So... Are the Kings going to help them out, Ed? Are the Kings going to give the Golden Knights life? Give them a shot at winning the division. I think they're winning one of the two. I, I, right when that came into the other night, I'm like, I think they get one of the two. I don't know why. Look, they're not as good as Colorado, and obviously Colorado is ultra focused. Um, and, I mean, they, let me. This sounds crazy. They want to win the division, right? It's weird because if you look at the season, 
like Colorado has handled Minnesota. Like they've handled them. So, you know, you want to win division. You know, I think most of you want it, obviously, for the home ice. Yeah. Like, you know, and then you deal with whoever you have to deal with. So, yes, they want to win it. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I think the Kings are stealing one. And they might lose 4-2 the next two nights, and it's over. I don't know. This is the worst possible team for the Golden Knights to be relying on to beat Colorado one of the next two days because... What are you really saying about my team? Colorado <laughs> has won five of six games against the Kings this year. Uh, but not only that... We're due! Not only that... Colorado's expected goals rate against the Kings is 64% this year. That is higher than anybody else that Colorado has played. So the Avalanche have, have dominated this division for the most part. Like outside of the Golden Knights, they've dominated this division. They've dominated the Kings more than anybody else they've played. Or do. More than the Ducks, more than the Sharks, more than the Blues, more than the Coyotes. They've dominated this team more than anyone else. So the Kings against Colorado this season are averaging just six high danger chances per game, which is the lowest of any team to play Colorado. For example, the Golden Knights average 11 when they play Colorado. So the Kings do not create any offense whatsoever against the Avalanche. For them to win one of these next two games, probably going to have to be a massive fluke game, like a great goaltending game or a they scored three goals that all went in off of some guy's back. Jared, do you have the grades ready? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I need a D, D, D. D, D, D. Oh, that one was quiet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. D. Don't doubt Dowdy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Failure. <laughs> They're grades. They're not acronyms. Uh, I, okay, that, that, all that you said is typical then of sports for them to do something they have no business doing. <laughs> no, it's not typical. Yes. That is not I, typical. I am absolutely going against the grain when I said I don't like the cliche. It's easy. To, it's hard to beat teams three times in a row because it appears the Avalanche are much better than the Kings, so they should be able to win the next two games. Yes. And I don't know why I can give you no reason whatsoever that I think the Knights are going. Eh, it's not fair to say this. Is it fair to say back in? Is it fair to say that? Yes, if they get in because the Kings beat the Avalanche, that's backing into the one seed. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Like there's I don't no, doubt there's, you. I'm yeah. just saying, I, you know, I had to ask, is that fair if, given? Like, if they both win tonight, Colorado and Vegas both win tonight, and, and then, then the Colorado Kings... loses on Thursday, yeah, you backed into it. Like, you didn't you didn't win a game to get in. The other team lost a game for you to get in. So you backed into it because it's, we're, not, we're not on a 10-game win streak anymore. If they were on the 10-game win streak right now, then... They got hot and they got it. But no, it's backing in. The Sharks really think tonight's important. They're starting some guy who's probably like played two two games in gold his entire life. Do the Sharks care about (laughs) like eliminating the Golden Knights from winning the division? No. Like it's the Sharks. They tend to try to fight the Golden Knights every chance they get. Not this time. Yeah, they're kind of sitting this one out. They're saying no (laughs) thanks. The rookie goalie? Yeah, you're in. (laughs) He'll probably be amazing. The Golden Knights well, have done this multiple times where some random yeah. backup plays like Thatcher Dimko, and they just can't score on the guy. And let's and be honest. I mean, we've seen Marty Jones against the Knights, so maybe <laughs> this kid's like the better choice anyway. So, like, Martin Jones yesterday had his, I, uh, following Shang Peng, had his exit interview, and the only thing Martin Jones was talking about is how bad he's been. So I'm like, maybe this guy shouldn't be starting tomorrow. Wait, night. he had his exit interview before well, the season that, ended? Yes. <laughs> Shang Peng has been, I love Shang, he's been t- tweeting these videos 
of these players on Zoom talking to the media. And each time he said exit interview, I'm like, well, one, the season's not over. And isn't the exit interview with the coach? Why is it with <laughs> Shang Peng? Is Shang Peng now hosting the exit interviews with yes. the players? Yes. Yes. I, hired <laughs> by Sharks.com. Yes. So the Sharks are doing exit interviews. That well, that's, I mean, that's what Shang is. I think, you know what I think? I just thought about it. Shang must be thinking or saying the last Zoom interview with media. But the word exit interview usually entails you're sitting down with management. Yeah. You're saying, you know, this is what you need to work on. This is what you need to do. Do you really want to be here? All that stuff. So I saw that the other day did one with Eric Carlson like four days ago. I'm like, they have like two games left. This guy's doing an exit interview? Who did <laughs> Who did the Bruin? The Bruins yesterday, I saw somebody tweet out the list of players that weren't playing in their final game, and it was like 20 guys. And they, it was the and they lost at the buzzer. Yeah, it was the whole lineup. Like, yeah. obviously, you, they didn't play Brad Marchand or any of their right. good players, but they didn't play, like, the entire lineup. And I was like, that seems illegal, right? Like, how did they sit down 20 right. guys yeah. for a game? Salary cap problem? Did they have be, 10 skaters? It? Yeah, shouldn't that be a set? Like, how did they call up 20 guys? <laughs> Got all these guys on a taxi squad. You might as well get them out the taxi. <laughs> but they count against the salary cap as soon as they come off the taxi squad. I don't know. But they didn't play anybody in that game. They almost won. The guy, the Capitals scored like with a 1.1 second left. Maybe that should make you more optimistic about the Kings. Yeah, this is the first round playoff. Maybe the Kings should send everybody down and call up their, their AHL team. You got to get guys who are hungry. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your chance. Beat I think the there's Avalanche. a chance. I mean, you yes, don't. there's a chance. It's hockey. it's hockey. It's the dumbest sport in the it's world. Hockey. There's, like, there's a you chance. You don't have to play well to win right. more in this sport than any other sport in the U.S. But Or you can completely outplay a team like, I don't know, the other night here yes. and still lose. Yes, it happens <laughs> frequently, but it's still unlikely the Kings win either of the next two games because, A, Colorado is so good, and, B, they've been even better than that against the Kings. Like, they've been at their best against the Kings. So, I don't think it's happening now. All right. Like, yesterday, I agreed with you. I said, yeah, they'll probably get one because it's hockey. But I don't think it's happening now. Lunch on it between you two? No, I'm it'll already going to have to buy somebody lunch. It'll be interesting. Even if it's 1-0, if the Kings take a lead, then you start worrying. But if it's like 2-0, like, if the first lead we see is like 1-0 or 2-0 Colorado, they're not, they're not going to come back. It's just it's over. A 3-0 Kings lead going into Ooh. the third. 4-3 Avalanche win. <laughs> Coming up next, Justin Emerson joins the show. Justin. Hey, Pete, you, you kind of talked about it, but one shot in the final 10 minutes, I'm wondering, did you think the guys kind of hit a wall physically, or was it just Colorado making some adjustments and making good plays? No, I, I don't know. You know what? If you, if you guys want to talk about negatives tonight, you go ahead. I, I don't have any for you. Next question goes to Brian Blessing, the Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, be, uh, the, the little things do make a difference, though. On Comfer's goal, it seemed like uh, maybe got caught on a line change and we're chasing the play there a little bit. Next question. Next question. Pete, thanks for the time tonight. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Justin Emerson. Uh, Justin, we've been doing press conferences on Zoom for a year now, and I'm curious, do you think the dismount of somebody in media relations saying, Pete, thanks for the time, improves or hurts the coach walk-off of a press conference? <laughs> He's being polite. He's doing the job. Kind of, whatever. 
<laughs> but, it, but I think it makes the moment better when yeah. you hear somebody say, thanks for your time, as the coach is angry and walking away. Oh, just from a watching perspective? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I think yeah, I think it kind of does. You're right. <laughs> Were you excited uh, that we got Prickly Pete? I mean, obviously, Shang Peng is not here, so it's been a while before we could actually see Prickly Pete. Um, but I thought it was kind of fun to see him. I mean, he's to this point, we haven't really seen that. I know, I know. We, 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 Pete DeBoer's been the coach of the Golden Knights for oops, coming up on a year and a half now. And, you know, he's been, he's been nice. He's yes. been really polite almost almost all the time. So, And he's, he's a coach. He's hardwired to be intense and all that. So I understand a little frustration every now and then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever. It happened. I'm just glad it wasn't. I'm just glad he didn't walk out on my question. That oh. was my feelings a little bit. So I'm oh. glad that it was somebody else. You yeah. would have you would have been on the show yesterday and today and yeah. Thursday. Oh, yeah. yes. You would have That's replaced not, like, Cassie that, Soto on Friday. You started playing that press conference audio, and I'm like, wait, this isn't me. Okay, I can I can deal with it. I'm hoping your heart sank a little bit when you heard the start of a press conference audio. Like, oh, a little bit. I'm like, what did I do? Okay, so that one's good. All right, so. Uh, you have a story coming out. I don't know how much you want to give away of this, but you've got a story coming out, and all you told me was Bill Foley almost named his dog after Mark Stone. That's quite a tease, huh? That text right there got me on the radio. Today. Yes, it, yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, uh, allow me to promote the product for just one second. The Las Vegas Weekly has its playoff preview section coming out tomorrow, so check that out on newsstands and lasvegasun.com and lasvegasweekly.com. But to the story, yes. So I'm writing about Mark Stone's first year as captaincy and looking back on it and looking ahead to his first year uh, being having a playoff run as captain. And I, so I called up Bill Foley, and I was talking to him, and Foley tells me that uh, uh, last summer they were having lunch together, and uh, he tells Stone, he's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this dog. I'm considering naming him Stonewall. We know that, we know that Foley's, a big, uh, <laughs> Foley's a big Army guy, and uh, – I'm going to name him Stonewall, but I'm going to nickname him Stoney. Is that okay Ugh. with you? And, and Mark Stone was just taken aback, like, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be an honor to have the owner's dog kind of oh. named after me. I guess. He ended up going with a different name. The dog did not end up getting named uh, Stoney. So, unfortunate, but uh, that's the kind of impression that Mark Stone, I guess, has made on the Golden Knights and the owner uh, in, his, in his two years in Vegas. So now he's saying, come here, Glasser? Yeah, what's the, do you know the name of the dog? <laughs> yeah, he went with MacArthur. No. MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, Bill yeah. Foley. Bill Foley <laughs> names all of his sports teams the after knights, yes. and he names all of his pets after like war generals. <laughs> well, that's the question now. Is he's got an indoor football league team now? So does he stick with the knights theme, or does he go back with something else? That's the big. Question, oh, it's, really. they got to be the bronze knights, right? There's only one color left. Well, that that eliminates the chance of an ECHL team coming to Las Vegas and being called the Bronze Knights. Hey, so Jared, well, Ju- Jared Justice said that yesterday. <laughs> you don't want to have the same <laughs> yeah, take as Jared. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so Bill Foley, okay, I, I'm just concerned with Bill Foley's naming abilities here. I didn't know this extended to his dog. Doesn't he have, like, family members that can help him with naming the dogs? Maybe, but maybe he didn't want to name a family member so long, so I don't know. <laughs> no, because his kids are named Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> oh, and it's a, it's a cool. And it, it, the point, obviously, is that Stone's made such an impact on the Golden Knights in his first year as captain. The, the, the owner loves him. I asked him about him. He said, Mark Stone's my hero. Like, he said he's a perfect captain. And and so the Golden Knights have a captain for the first time ever. It, it's everybody who we expected it to be. It's not like it was a surprise when he was named captain. 
And uh, for the first time this year, the Golden Knights are going to go into the playoffs. And uh, if they do win the Stanley Cup for the first time, we'll know for sure who's going who's gonna to hold it first. So. The level of surprise you will feel if the Kings steal one in Colorado. The King, uh, pretty big, I'd say. Uh, the, I mean, the Kings are the Kings are done. They're, the, their season's over. they got to go on the road for two to face a Colorado team who's much better than they are. Uh, playing for something important, the Avalanche are going to be intense for it. The Kings are looking ahead to their tee times this weekend. I I don't know. I, I don't see how, how the Avalanche can win one, or how the Avalanche are going to, aren't going to win two of them here. Okay, so if this plays out, Golden Knights will be playing Minnesota in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, how big of a problem do you think that's going to be? Bit of a problem. I think you'd rather face St. Louis. Than, um, you know, the Golden Knights have had we've talked about it at length uh, last week, week before, whenever they were in Minnesota, the struggles that they have in that building against that team. And you definitely don't want to have to play them in the first round. I mean, you'd much rather play the Blues and have, have the Wild and the Avalanche beat up on each other a little bit. and You take on the winner of them. But, you know, the Wild are, are a tough match for Vegas. It's, it's probably the worst possible first-round draw. And you got to – right now you've got to take care of business against the Sharks tonight and, uh, and, and pray that the Kings can pull one out as well. I mean, the, I think what you're saying also is – correct me if I'm wrong – the odds are if you just flip the coin – the odds are Minnesota can steal one here far more than the Knights could go there and win. Is that is that fair? I mean, I mean, I would think so. You look at a potential seven-game series. There's four in Vegas, three in Minnesota. For every one that Minnesota wins here, Vegas would have to win there. So, you know, if you can take care of business at home, you don't. You can get through a seven-game series without having to win once in Minnesota. But uh, it's not something you want to have to try to do, especially with with how well the Wild have played here too. I mean, the Wild split. Or I think this season they came back and beat Vegas in the third period in in at T-Mobile Arena. So it's not a match if you want to have to deal with, but it's one that uh, that I mean, right now based on the Avalanche Kings looks like the most likely to occur. I know you get the same vague injury updates to everybody else, but how worried are you that Pacioretty might not actually be ready for Game One of the playoffs? I don't know. That's <laughs> that's it. I don't have any more information than you guys have because of that. There's no media available. It'll be yesterday. There's none today. So we won't we won't know necessarily until tomorrow or Friday or whenever their next practice is. If Ready's going to be on the ice, and he hasn't played for a while. Once he's back on the ice, if he's fully healthy, I'm not worried about his timing or anything coming back. He's he's a veteran guy. He's been doing this a long time. But uh, you you got to hope that he's healthy. I mean, it could change obviously right away if a guy maybe shuts him out in game one, or you know he wins two straight along the way, whatever. But have you come to any conclusion where at least to start? You might see a goalie rotation. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the million dollar question that's going to be following the Golden Knights throughout everything, and it, it it was it was a little interesting because I I it increased my belief that there will be at least some sort of rotation uh, when when Robin Leonard took the ice on Monday because Flurry had played every game against Colorado to that point. The last time they broke the rotation was so Flurry can play back to back games against Colorado. So my thought is if Flurry was going to be your guy. Maybe you have him play the most important game of the season, but maybe right now they do. They genuinely believe that it is a coin flip, and it's, it's either one of them gives them an equal chance to win. So, you know, is there going to be a rotation in the playoffs? We've been wondering this all year, and the answer remains the same, which is a solid maybe. Uh, how disappointed are you that the Oakland A's are going to steal the Diamondback spot in Henderson? I'm thrilled. Keep the Diamondbacks in Arizona. I'm a big Diamondbacks fan. Uh, so let's bring the A's here. That's awesome. 
That sounds great. Then I can see the Diamondbacks every year or every other year whenever they come here. You don't want the Diamondbacks to follow you? Nah. Nah, they can stay there. That's fine. All my family would be mad at me. <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah, but plus, I... like, taking an Oakland team and moving them to Las Vegas is, is the thing to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cal football is on the way. Uh <laughs> So uh, going if they have to play if they have to play Minnesota like, I want to ask you this and and just let's just assume all's even and everyone's healthy like what's the biggest issue is there going to be to take us through like whether Texas and O's or whatever what could really hurt the Golden Knights against that specific team I think we're going to see the same issue or we could let's say that we could see the same issue that we saw against Dallas in the Western Conference Finals last year is that. They're really good defensively. They get good goaltending, and Vegas might have trouble scoring. Uh, a couple of games this year, they have you know scored a bunch of goals. They I, I, they even scored six or whatever it was, uh, or, or five uh, against the Wild the last time they went. But the Wild played such a strong defensive system that Vegas hasn't been able to consistently break for going on four years now. Same system, a lot of the same defensemen, and now they have better goaltending to go along with it than they have over the last couple of years. So that's especially when you need Max Pacioretty back. He's Who's by far and away your best scorer, and uh, if he's back, you know maybe that that'll that'll help for sure. But uh, just just putting the puck in the net uh, could could be a struggle against the Wild. Who will be Thatcher Demko this year against the Golden Knights? Who's a goalie nobody's ever heard of that's not going to give up a goal for like four straight games? I think we've heard of all the goalies that they might run into. I don't know, maybe the backup for Colorado that Johansson or John. I, I, I can't remember his name. Maybe. If I'm going to name a goalie that nobody's heard of, I should know his name. But uh, I don't know. I'll uh, be honest. I'm a little taken aback by the question and just trying to figure something out on the fly. Well, all right. Look up Toronto's goalie depth chart for when they suffer four injuries and the Golden Knights make it to the Final Four and it's some AHL backup that shuts them out in three straight games. That's the answer. Directly into his chest. I mean, Thatcher Demko is a little bit better than an AHL backup, but that's not the point. I get what you're trying to say. And, uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, that's always the weird thing about the playoffs is you can have two goalies that are paid $12 million uh, who are both who are both really good and they can play really well, or you can have uh, the backup goalie who you may have heard from the broadcast played college hockey with Tuck last year. Uh, he <laughs> played the best hockey of his life for a couple of games to almost steal a series. This might not be a situation you can help me, but let's just pretend. Let's pretend the Golden Knights are in the Stanley Cup Finals playing Toronto in Buffalo. And it's Game Seven against uh, Toronto for the game, uh, uh, the Stanley Cup Final. Do you have the Phil Mickelson old-time beeper in t- unless, uh, in case your uh, wonderful wife goes into labor, or do you just call her and say it's just not happening? Best of luck to you. Like, what, what, what would happen? It's your first. It's your first child. Like, would you go on that trip with the beeper, or would you say, eh, "I got to stay home"? Well, thankfully, the baby's not due until October. Yeah, you got to play with me here, though. I said that preface. Let's preface that the kid's coming like nine months early. What would you do if it's game seven of Stanley Cup? Oh, man. Oh, man. If she was that close, uh, I don't don't think I could go to the game. She was that close. Like. I think I'd have to watch it from home for sure. Are you disappointed that I wouldn't want to be at the birth of my first child? I think it would make I think it would make better conversation at your house tonight if you just said you're going to the hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Justin. Since you said October, Diamondbacks NLCS game <laughs> yes. seven. Against the Dodgers. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, that's one I I can't afford tickets. I'm on a journalist salary, so it's fine. I'll just watch it on TV. Well, he is Justin uh, Everson. The thing that would get me, 
potentially miss miss the birth of uh, my first child. So uh, we'll figure know. it out. We will find something. Well, Justin. we'll find something we for you. Go. There we go. Good luck on that one. <laughs> he is Justin Everson from the Las Vegas Sun. Justin, we appreciate Thanks, it. Justin. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh. I remember Mickelson walking down the fairway with a beeper in his pocket back when there were beepers, and it was like the first child, and they're like, Philly, you're really going to leave the golf course? Like, really? Kids you got to hit this approach? Overrated. The beeper's going off? You don't, need to, you don't need to be there when your kid's born. <laughs> I just, all I want is Justin in the, in the like, delivery room, shushing his wife, yes, because exactly. yes. we're up to bat. Yes. The best would be Justin in the delivery room on a Zoom and Prickly Pete getting mad at him. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> It's a dumb question. Where are you? Well, I'm actually in the delivery room. Like, yeah, baby. Can someone stop the baby crying? Who's that back there? Thanks, Pete. Good luck to you. Oh, I can't believe Bill Foley names his dogs after General. That's a little weird. I mean, I can believe well, it. Well, you but, can believe it, obviously. But come on. Somebody in that family's got to be like, Bill, we're not naming the dog after General Like, it would have been better if he named him Stoney, because that would have just been it, really bizarre. Not it, that the generals aren't bizarre. I mean, at least Stoney sounds like a dog name, but you take, like, his name is actually Stonewall? His name is actually MacArthur. What does he call MacArthur? Artie or something? Like, yeah. I mean, dog Matt. names, you and I have dog. I mean, I keep it short with dogs. I mean, you know, this just in. They're, you know, a lot of them, especially the Shih Tzus, you know, not, not, not Harvard educated. So you got to stay short on those names. You start saying MacArthur. I don't even know if the dog knows he's being called. Right. I have not named either of our dogs, but they are named Ruby and Squash. Yes. S- short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Not MacArthur or <laughs> General Stonewall. <laughs> General would even be like too yeah, long general. Of yeah, well, general would be a better name than Stonewall and yeah. MacArthur. Just call the damn dog. Just call all of his dogs general and colonel and lieutenant. <laughs> colonel, <laughs> colonel, get over here! <laughs> all right, coming up next, more soccer. Everybody's mad at each other in Europe. It's the press box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, eleven hundred AM and one hundred point nine FM. Ed, when do you think I'll stop talking about the Super League? Hopefully soon. This actually, this one, um, I like this story because it involves like secret code names, and you're trying to figure Great. out who the person. I love emails that involve secret code names, like, and you sit around trying to figure out who it is. So this this story I actually like. So the Super League, uh, twelve European teams tried to break off and create their own league outside of uh, UEFA and outside of FIFA, basically saying we're the most popular teams in the world. Uh, you'll watch us play. We'll get a bunch of money for this, and we won't have to share it with all of these smaller teams that we don't think deserve it. Uh, but there was enough pushback from literally everyone in the soccer world that it folded, with the exception of three teams that still haven't backed out yet. But the interesting part now is that the president of La Liga, which is the league in Spain, has accused the president of FIFA of being the one to create the Super League which would be hilarious because FIFA along with UEFA were outspoken against the Super League. Uh, The quote from Javier Tebas, the president of La Liga was, I've said it before and I will say it again. Behind all of this is FIFA president Gianni Infantino. He's pushing, saying things. Now, apparently there there are Super League documents that had to be signed by the teams to say, yes, we're going to be in this. Uh, But in those documents, there is someone or something referred to as W01. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. James and the James president Bond. of La Liga is accusing the yeah. president of FIFA of being W01 and being the guy that ultimately tried to create the Super League. This is the closest Tyler will ever get to covering the Zodiac. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. 
I think Tavis followed Tyler's lead and did an open records request <laughs> with someone in someone in Europe. I don't and, think those exist. And, 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 yeah, well, you got the UNLV numbers to it, so I think Tavis said, "Listen, I need an open records request." But he got the email and he got pissed off because he's like, "Who the hell's W O one?" Exactly. <laughs> what is that? Hey, they, they, it's Europe. They have healthcare. They don't have freedom. That's true. The the funniest part of the Super League to me is that it simply has pointed out, it's basically taken a mirror and held it up to European soccer and said, this is what you are. Like, you hate you hate the Super League for being greedy, for not allowing smaller teams right. a, a real chance to win and all this, but that's exactly what European soccer is anyway. That's what the Champions League is already. That's what the Premier League and La Liga are already people just got mad that it was rebranded as the super league and something different. And it would be absolutely hilarious if the president of FIFA was actually behind creating the super league because the fans that were all storming uh, soccer fields and out and protesting in the streets, they were de facto by de facto supporting or defending FIFA. They're basically saying we want our teams to, to abide by the FIFA laws and if the president of FIFA is behind the Super League, it's just even funnier to me. Okay, so why would uh, uh, Infantino be doing this? To make money. That's it. Because everybody, the, the part of this is everybody knows the 12 teams, and it would have been 15 if they had gotten the two German teams right. and PSG, but those 15 teams are the 15 teams that have fan bases. Those are the 15 teams that create the revenue of all of these European soccer leagues. Everybody knows that. And so if you had a chance to say, yeah, what? Why do we care about Burnley and Sevilla and all these other teams that nobody watches outside of their own fans? If you had a chance to say, well, let's just put all the good teams in one league and rake in the television money. Why the hell wouldn't you do that? (laughs) If that's true, I think this kid needs another job because he's supposed to be looking out for everybody. So if this is, if this Infantino is really W O one, he needs to move on and get some other job. I don't think he should be the head of FIFA. What if it was a FIFA president, but it wasn't the current FIFA president? What if Seth Blatter's back? Oh God. Yeah. Maybe he's got the wrong W O one or maybe he's W O two. I love this, that there's W. I love there's like code names. This is completely preposterous on so many <laughs> levels that there's now code names and emails. Like just say who it is. I mean, it, well, if you're the head of FIFA, you probably want a code name. You don't want to be out there. Is W01 a good code name? Like, the other part I'm curious, how does La Liga's president come to the assumption how that it is? How do you figure out W01 right. was Gianna Inf- Infantino? Right. It's not like it was GI, and it's like, oh, that's the guy's initials. GI hyphen I. But, like, yeah, how did he – I'm curious how he came up with W01 is the president of FIFA. Like, did, I mean, I assume somebody else might have told him something. But I'd love for him to just be sitting there and be like, W-O-1. And he's got like some code breaker that tells him who it is. I don't know anything about Tabus, but he's not that smart. So (laughs) someone said, hey, uh, W-O-1's Gianni. (laughs) There's no chance. Oh, the Super League. It's never going to end. We'll be talking about it for years.